Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Buenos días, feliz viernes, bienvenidos a Latino Founder Hour. Los saluda Edgar de Clica. Y Silvia Salazar de Tono Latino. ¿Cómo estás? Buenos Hoy días. tenemos a un evento, a un evento, este, no, no, evento no, ¿qué una digo? Pe a un una invitado. persona, sí, es que es viernes y día después de Halloween. Este, Hoy tenemos Oye. de regreso a Leo Ochoa. Está con, es, todavía, ¿cómo se dice eso? ¿Resaca de con resaca chocolate? de dulces. De dulces. Sí, sí, sí. ¿Líquidos? No, 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 hasta eso que no. No, no, no. Pero nos tuvimos que despertar muy temprano hoy para seguir el tema del emprendimiento, ¿no? Sí. Eh, pero Leo, bienvenido de regreso. Gracias por venir otra vez. Leo Ochoa es el fundador, él es local aquí en Portland, es fundador de Dorsum Está Tech. Está aquí en el estudio. Un genio del diseño. Este, a pesar de su corta edad, es un, además una historia que ya compartimos eh, en, 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 en otro episodio. Pero cuéntanos una, nada más así rápido, en un par de minutos, para la gente que no escuchó el otro episodio. ¿Quién eres, Leo? Oh, sí, pues primeramente muchas gracias por la invitación a este, invitarme de, de regresar un, un año después. Este, yo soy el fundador de Dorsum. Dorsum es el nombre de la compañía. Uh -huh. La página de internet es dorsumtech.com. Okay. Entonces, hacemos... El producto es más así de tecnología, pero la compañía es Dorsum. Este, yep. Entonces, muchas gracias. Hoy se siente un día muy especial porque realmente casi es un año desde uh -huh. la última vez que estaba aquí y hicimos el primer episodio. Sí, sí, sí. Y, y bueno, pues ha, ha pasado mucho, ¿no? Te hemos visto en, en eh, bueno, te, te hemos visto crecer. Sí. Hemos visto cómo la compañía ha evolucionado desde un, una idea. Ahora en el tema de prototipo, ¿no? Sí, sí, está bien. Este, este episodio lo quería hacer un poco diferente. Okay. Inglés y español, si ¿sí está bien. Okay. Spanglish. Okay. Spanglish, yeah. I want to do a little bit of Spanglish. You're okay with it? Porque tengo muchos... It's whatever our guest feels that they want to do. Yeah, I wanted to try something different. Okay. Last time was all in Spanish, and this one I want to mix it up a little bit. Uh -huh. uh, it's Let's a lot of it. my personality, yeah. and also because I have other people that I've invited to come oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and watch uh, streaming live now. I'm getting more in that habit. Entonces quería cambiar de los dos. Yeah, yeah, no? Let's do it. Yeah, so an update <laughs> from a year ago. This feels a very special moment um, because we've Everything has progressed in a much better direction. Entonces, hace un año, so one year ago, mm -hmm. uh, when I was here, I was talking about Dorsum. We were in a very different place as far as product development. And since then, our product has been redesigned three times now. Oh, wow. That's how challenging this last year has been. Um, I, I thought we were in the middle of product development last year, but we were just getting started. This year has been full of development. Um, and our prototype, what the, the design that we'll launch with, went through three changes of an entire redesign, rethinking of the solution. Okay. So, so can, can we recap what Dorsum does? So Dorsum is a real word, and it's based on anatomy. It means related to the back. Um, and it could be the dorsum of your hand, the mm -hmm. dorsum of your tongue, the dorsum of a building. It really refers to the back of something. And for us, it's, it's solving the issue of back pain. Entonces, el problema de la espalda o el espinazo, mm -hmm. lower back specifically, but upper back and lower back affect your posture, affect your mood, affect your confidence, affect everything that you do. So dorsum is set to solve the problem in the best way possible. And for us, it starts by creating a real physical product. Um, and what inspired you to, to start this company? Yeah, I've asked myself that question many times. Entonces, desde el principio, I think it's just my upbringing here in the Pacific Northwest. I grew up in a small town outside of Portland, Oregon. And it, it was really just being from a migrant, immigrant family that working in agriculture and seeing my dad come home with upper pain, 
of his shoulder, upper back, lower back, and then just watching him come home feeling hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked in the fruit agriculture um, industry, agriculture industry, um, transport, packing and transporting um, the fruit that comes to our homes. And I saw the toll that it took on his body and his health on his back. That's where I've identified that awareness came from. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I chose uh, the path of product design that I discovered that I could contribute to a solution through design. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, which is, uh, you know, some people may think weird because normally when you have health problems, you're like, well, maybe a physician will come up with that. But no, a designer, you know, and, and, that, and that's what people don't, don't, don't tend to think. It's like, you know, how can we pro, you know, pro, solve problems in different industries when you may perceive that you don't have the qualifications? And I'm quoting, unquote because that's, mm-hmm. that'll be the normal thought. But, but yeah. I think the beauty yeah. here with Leo is that he is preventing back pain. You're going to go see the doctor after you're already in pain. Yeah. And Leo is taking a more proactive approach here to... The, adjust your posture and make you stand and sit in a better position. And it's not just his device, because I thought we were going to have him in in the studio last week, and I was having a lot of back pain last week, and so I was texting Leo and saying, oh my god, I'm so glad I'm going to see you, and we're going to talk back pain, because my back hurts from sitting in a very uncomfortable chair for extended periods of time. And he also was giving me additional advice besides saying, oh, you need to adjust your posture. He's like, you need to move around. So I feel like Leo is preventing things from happening. A doctor will be, well, once you're already, you're already in here. pain, yeah, you're the mechanic. then he's going to give you, I don't know, hopefully physical therapy. A lot of them, we already know, meds. will give you meds, things like that. But I... I like that Leo is taking this approach in a more proactive way to prevent this so from happening. Pre- preventive care. That's, that's our mission, to design products that are focused on prevention. And I think that's where our opportunity is, that we're looking at the problem through a different perspective. And let me remind you, this, this is something I've been working on for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, we've redesigned this final product three times now. So it's not something that we worked on last week and we're going to launch. It's something that we've been working on for eight years. So this discussion has been going on for eight years. And this is what we've discovered along the way where the products out on the market don't necessarily provide the solution in the best way possible. So Dorsum is a company that created to solve the problem and we're doing it in an honest way. We understand that there's no one product, one solution for all. Um, we're starting with what can help the most. And something we learned is when people think of a doctor, they think of someone that's going to check your health like your flu or, or like a minor pain, like a headache or just something that you, in your body. What we've discovered and learned along the way is that there's different types of doctors. There's physical therapists, there's chiropractors, there's surgeons, there's, there's specialists, and some of them focus on the muscles of your body or your back. Some of them focus on the health of your joints. Others, the structure of your spine and your bones and understand movement. So we're creating a team of experts from different perspectives. We're creating a diverse group of um, expertise that will help elevate the design. Um, this is great. I just saw the light come in. <laughs> yeah, somebody opened the blinds and all of a sudden it's like, the days here. Yeah, those that are watching can see that suddenly the room got a little brighter. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had those discussions on what back health or better health means while we're moving around. Um, so also changing that perception in the consumer's mind that we want to help by creating products that help and move with you, that don't restrict movement. We still want you to be active, have active lifestyles. Okay. But, and, and, you know, I remember, you know, going back something that you had an experience as a uh, volunteer firefighter. Mm-hmm. And that was something that, you know, in one of your presentations, you said, this is, you know, one of my, uh, you know, m- potential markets because I want to help, you know, prevent injuries in the, in the first For responders. first responders, yeah. yeah. Leo has a beautiful story. I know. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we interviewed the director of the Riveter. Yes. Tammy Wood. Tammy Wood. And I was talking about the night before I was on a panel with this person that I never want to be on a panel again with. 
Yeah, that person was Leo, who is sitting right across from me today, yeah. because he is the most poetic panel respondent I have ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, this yeah, guy Leo. right here, Leo. This, this is Sylvia that's talking. So this <laughs> yes. is the voice you're hearing. Criticizing him in a in a very um, loving and friendly way, because yeah. Leo and I actually do see each other almost every week. Mm-hmm. Because we're part of the same incubator. But he has a beautiful story that I think, even if it was shared on the first episode, we need to recap a little bit of your experience as a firefighter and sharing some of those statistics that most people don't have available in their brains of how much strain and how much weight first respondents carry. Yeah. On a day-to-day basis. And, and, and for, especially right now when we have the fires in California. Exactly. And control, just so people have a, a perspective of, you know, what firefighters, you know, go through. Yeah. And I can tell, like, my experience, like Sylvia mentioned, growing up in the Columbia River Gorge on Hood River mm-hmm. and training to be a firefighter for the Gorge Fire. Um, so back then, and it still happens now, part of the... The training, the test that goes into it, so you can qualify, is you go through a pack test. So you, you literally carry 45 pounds on your back, and you, you walk a mile. You cannot run. You cannot skip. One foot has to always touch the ground. So, and you do this in full gear, and you do this with boots. And you have, to, you have to come between like 30 minutes to like 40 minutes. You can't go over. You can't come under. So that's, I'm sorry. 45 pounds on your back mm-hmm. running a mile. No, not running, no, walking. walking, like walking, walk out, like walking, like um, okay, fast walking, yeah, with boots, with boots, no, that's, not running. That's shit. that's to qualify because that's to simulate the the environment that you're going to be in because you're working. When you get sent out of a fire, you can be there for 14 days straight, so there's no weekends and there's no downtimes, and you're working 14 hour days and you're carrying 45 minimum of 45 pounds on your back because you got water and you got. Food and equipment and shovels and and tools and an axe and and sometimes you're carrying additional weight. Um, that's like pretty much like what a seven seven year old kid. That's like the weight of a yeah, like a five year old. No, I have a five seven year old. She's thirty five pounds. So wow, yeah, yeah. No, it's older a than a five year old kid. Trust me. Imagine carrying that weight on your back for ten hours no. to fourteen hours every day for fourteen days straight. Yeah. And you're you're carrying on your back, and you're twisting and bending, and and, go and you're uphill, digging, downhill. and you're going uphill and downhill. So that's that's what I experienced going into it. And I was just doing this as a summer job because I was still at the University of Oregon. Um, and others do this as their career; they do this full time. Um, imagine going through that, and then waking up the next day, and you're feeling pain on your back but you're under extreme working conditions there's literally fire in front of you when you're working you've, you've seen flames that are the size of pine trees you see animals running towards you you see smoke everywhere you can only see about 10 feet in front of you and lights everywhere like a siren or um, just emergency lights everywhere it's chaotic so you're trained to just maintain a high level of focus to fight the fire and you your ignore your ba- back pain. Well, the, and it's not that you ignore it. Your body just releases an, an enormous amount of adrenaline that okay. you don't feel yeah. the back pain until you go to sleep that oh. night till you're back in camp. Oh. So your body is experiencing fear because you're literally in danger's way. So your body is just full of adrenaline, and that's what keeps you working hard because you don't, you don't feel the pain in that moment until you come back to camp and then you cool down, you try to go to bed, your body relaxes, it, it, um, the adrenaline is no longer rushing through your body. You wake up the next day and you and feel the pain and you start yeah. all over again. So it really trains your mind to work at that level of intense focus and repetitive motion. Um, what's happening now is with climate change and extreme fire mm-hmm. conditions even now the ones happening in california like that's happening longer now like fire yeah. season is november it's this is going november. towards yeah. november like yeah where we experience cold and snow others are still experiencing fires so it's only increasing the amount of work that needs to be done and this year there was about 500 they were low the us was about 500 firefighters that they they um, were down on, so they, they they were missing about five hundred 
firefighters that they normally would have because people are just not signing up for other reasons. So the ones that are fighting the fires are having to do more work and pull more weight. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. So longer shifts. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but um, those, those are extreme conditions that I experienced and others are still experiencing. But when it comes to the issue of back pain or back health, it's something that everyone experiences at some point in their lives. So the numbers we're looking at is about 80% of adults will experience back pain at some point in their lives. And um, you see Amazon workers or you see mm -hmm. like uh, package handlers that are delivering packages at an extreme rate because now overnight delivery seems late. Now it's same day, same day delivery. Mm -hmm. Now it's or a two hour delivery. So now there's the need to deliver at a much faster rate. Mm -hmm. So the, condition, the conditions I experience now, people that are delivering your packages or building your homes or... Or, um, or just even truck drivers. Truck just sit, drivers yeah. yeah, it's they're experiencing that pain at a tremendous level because it's a lot of repetitive motion okay. that you're having to do for eight to ten hours straight. And our bodies are literally not designed for that type of environment or for that type of movement. Okay. And and how do you? I mean, you know, how, how do you design this? Where do you <laughs> start and where are you right now? So we first um, we designed to. Stabilize the spine. So just stabilize your back. Um, when you're doing a lot of repetitive mo mo movement, you're, you develop back fatigue, so back muscle fatigue. Your, your muscles just naturally get tired. As soon as you, they get tired, you start to counterbalance that by twisting your posture because you're trying to rest while you're standing up. So you compromise your spine because you're, it's no longer stable or stabilized. It's now misaligned. Having misaligned. So... When, you, when your spine is misaligned, you create weak spots around it. And the, most, or the, the weakest spot on your spine is closer to your waist. So they mark it as an L4 and an L5. Because you're transmitting all the weight of your head, your shoulders, your upper body. Your torso. Yeah. It, when you're leaning forward and lifting or twisting or, heavy, or lifting... Um, equipment in front of you, you increase the amount of weight and you redirect that to that one point. Oh, That's where most severe injuries happen. Uh, so we first approach the problem by trying to stabilize that area. But what happens is we need to move around and we need to continue doing work. So how do you stabilize the body in a way that you, you still allow it to move and twist? Um, this is where our design approach and many, many conversations with our experts, we started reducing. First, it was to stabilize the upper back, the mid back, and then the lower back, and then uh, integrating it into different types of apparel for those type of work environments, and then realizing that you're creating more heat, you're creating more layers of clothing, um, you're restricting sub-movements that are required for the kind of work you do. So then we start taking away material, taking away material to the point where you can no longer take anymore and you haven't solved the problem. So you start all over again to redefine the solution um, or think of the problem in a different way. You, or you start looking at different materials. You try to find what is the problem. Do we not understand it well? Did we use the wrong material? Did we design it too big? Um, did we talk to the wrong experts? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you get feedback from... Ones that um, don't fully experience the work environments, they understand health, but not so much the work environments. So sometimes you have to expand the, your testers. Um, that's when you, you realize that you got stuck along the way, and you have to figure out what, what is causing you to get stuck, and what do you need to change to continue going forward, or do you take a step back and start all over again? Okay. So let's, let's simplify this for, <laughs> for our listeners a little bit. You've designed a device people can wear to align, to adjust their postures properly and something that they can wear underneath their clothes that is not an extra layer of clothing that will restrict their movements. Did I simplify that? Yes, it's horribly very simplified, but... Yeah. Did I it's, explain it's very, it? It's very accurate. It's very good. And okay. I'm also learning how to describe it in, in simple terms, how to translate the science behind yeah. it from our expert and then translate it. In. Which, 
I mean, sometimes it's easier for somebody that doesn't mm-hmm. do the product to explain it <laughs> absolutely to other people. Yeah. Um, but I but I wanted to to mention or expand a little bit on what Leo was just talking about regarding the different iterations of designs that he went to, he went through with his team, because I was one of the volunteers for mm-hmm. Leo, and I That's wanted right. to talk a little bit about that because he mm-hmm. might be talking in a very over well thirty you know yeah thirty thousand feet yeah. elevated very elegant version of what happened but I just wanted to share and and let people know that he and his team had a let's call it a room their design room with different prototypes of of the device or the yeah let's call it the device and they were filming me and I had to wear this and they took my measurements and I was being recorded and then somebody would somebody who takes um all the data like all re- the data yeah, yeah. the researcher is asking me very very specific questions about the model of prototype that I'm wearing and asking me how I feel and they're they're making me feel very um just non not I'm not feeling judged at all so mm-hmm. they give me the liberty to share with them exactly how I'm feeling so I did for example mention hey this material is actually very uncomfortable. This rubs against my against my skin. This feels too tight around my waist, and I'm actually mimicking this for the people on live. But this feels very tight here, or it feels very tight here. And then a different prototype was a little broader on the shoulder, so it didn't touch my neck and it didn't rub up against my skin. Or the straps in around your torso came a little lower. Some of them didn't have the enclosure around your chest, and I think I mentioned mm-hmm. to, to Leo, I was like, no, I really like this one, that mm-hmm. it it feels secure, and you, they ask you this while you're standing, while you're sitting, they make you pick up stuff from the floor and see how it feels. What I found also interesting was that I would sit wearing this, and I would immediately be inclined to sit in a much better position like I would align my spine put my shoulders over my hips not slouch I would I would feel weird if I was slouching it it would make me feel uncomfortable at slouching and the minute Mm -hmm. I got into the right position it was all back to neutral and I barely felt the device on me and so we did this two or three times with Leo over Mm -hmm. this year so I did want to mention that because he's not He's not exaggerating when he says that he started the year with one idea and he went over and over and over and over with his team, redesigning, talking about different prototypes, different designs, different straps. And he had several volunteers. You would think if he was not being smart about this, just pulling in, typical first responder will be a man. Mm -hmm. The majority of them are. Are men. Mm -hmm. And there are certain... Size. size, weight, um, height, and he he specifically wanted additional people to come and wear the device to get different different opinions data, yeah. and feedback. So I just wanted to okay commend that because he's not um, patting himself in the back enough, or he's being too strategic about the conversation. Yeah, and I wanted our listeners and our viewers to to understand. All the levels of of feedback and iterations that Leo and his team went through to make this happen. Yeah, and 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 where are we right now with that prototype, Leo? Uh, so we uh-huh. we're very happy to announce that we've finished the design. Yes. So now we've finished the development of what we think is the best solution that can help help most people in a way that's non restrictive, in a way that um that is non-restrictive and can provide comfort and support for most because Sylvia Sylvia brought up a really good point. A lot of the the hardest part of this was getting it to feel comfortable. And we really wanted to reach an all day comfort level because it's, it's a product is no good if you can solve the problem, but it's uncomfortable to wear. Yeah. 
or use if it's a different device. If the user experience is wrong. If it can't be used or worn, then it doesn't solve the problem and it's not a tool. so when we first solved the problem, it was uncomfortable to wear or it was too limiting in movement. So we had to continue to remove or look at different materials. And The materials was feedback that I gave you guys. And the next time that I came to the lab, um, they had changed it because okay. I said my, my skin is extremely sensitive. And there were some parts that would come naturally would come in contact with your skin. And I could already mm-hmm. warn them. It's kind of like when you go to a conference and they give you a lanyard. Yeah. And... Personally, by the second day of the conference, I would have this whole red, like, scratch around my neck from the material of the lanyard just scratching against me. And I told them. And then the next Mm. time that I came, they had found some other material that was super soft. uh, And it felt a lot more comfortable. And just little adjustments that they made along several different points in in the device and the device's design that you could tell had been yeah. had been adjusted because of the feedback from several different um, volunteers and models. All right. Hey, we're going to make a quick pause right now just to pay the bills, talking about bills, and then we're going to come back with Leo just in just a few seconds. Support for today's episode comes from our friends at Ruby Receptionist. At Ruby, they master the art of turning rings into relationships. Their team of remote receptionists answer all your calls live as if they're right there in your office. And with Ruby's mobile app, you easily control just how they screen, transfer, and take your messages. Together, you and Ruby transform your phone into the sales engine it was meant to be. Visit callruby.com forward slash startup radio to sign up, or better yet, call them at 833-861-8100 and use promo code StartupRuby. Tell them Sylvia and Edgar send you and you get a $150 credit. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by CPA Dudes, where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. We're back uh, with Leo. Leo, so, so tell us, you know, I've, I, we haven't seen the device. Is, is that what you you got strapped on right now? No, no. This is still filming because I'm I'm recording a lot of the behind the scenes too. Oh, okay. So after we launch, you'll get to see how we launched. How All we right. Made. Yeah, yeah. But but you, how would you describe it in, on the radio? So so what is it? Is it a girdle, mm. straps? I mean, I mean, <laughs> no, nothing like that. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it. So so what will keep my me from hunching down? Yeah. So. We, we discussed this with our team many times, um, and one of the assignments I gave them was they couldn't be confused to what people already know. So people would always ask, are you building a back brace? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. because a back brace limits your movement. Um, we're building, in generic terms, an exospine, like a second spine to assist your postural alignment, your actual spine. And we, couldn't, we didn't have a name for it at the beginning, and one of the design criteria that I gave the team is like it cannot look or be anything similar to a back brace. It cannot look like a girdle. It cannot look like anything people don't want to wear. This has to be completely new and it cannot be restricting. Um, so what our team of experts have described it is a posture. It's a support. So it's posture support. But what it looks like is it's more like a light backpack, like a light, um, not so much like a harness because it doesn't go down below the waist. So it's like a very light backpack that holds or keeps the spine in place. And you could wear it close to the body, so underneath uh, your regular clothing Mm -hmm. or over the body or over the clothing um, if you're wearing, you know, light athletic type of of, um, Of garments or gear. Yeah. So it's a little bit... Reminds me of when you wear those um, baby carrier oh, yeah, things, yeah, the, the except you don't have this uh, little the pouch. kangaroo pouch in front of you. Mm-hmm. But it clips in all different places, and it may and it um, straps around your body in strategic points so that you have you can you can dis- feel it. In okay. in the case of the baby, you can you can obviously secure your child mm-hmm. to your body, uh, but also aligns your your spine and your your torso properly. Uh, that's kind of how yeah. it felt a little bit to me because of all the click, click, the, the little straps that yeah. I had to put on that and I loved. 
And we simplified a lot of uh, the way you put it on so that you can wear it underneath regular clothing. Um, and, and not be seen outside? Or? Not be seen outside, okay. especially like if you, if you want to wear it for work and you wear a uniform mm -hmm. with like a safety uh, logos or reflectors where you need to be identified. Yeah. You can wear it underneath or like safety reflectors if you're doing construction or working at night. Yeah, it's very, it's very thin. So it's not very invasive. No, it's not. It's, would, not, it's not a backpack like bur I mean, bulky or baby. Bears. You wouldn't wear it for like an office if you're wearing a blouse or anything. Uh, okay. I don't wear blouses usually. Or well, but you could if you wanted to. You could probably wear it underneath, and a shirt or the yeah. clothes that you're wearing. You could totally wear it on underneath what you're wearing. So I'm not wearing anything today, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Where's the girdle on this? No, and the reason we decided this was the, the best product to launch with, or our MVP, is you, yeah. you understand it in startup culture and community, because this allows us to deliver the benefit in the most basic way, part so that we can manufacture it and keep the cost down, but it gives us the room to grow in the future to other products. It starts to become more of a platform that you can build on top of. So eventually it can, be, it can become a bag or a, ba a pack where you carry weight on the on your back and you stack it up high, or you carry weight in the front. So this allows us to create the beginning of a platform to start addressing specific use cases or specific environments that require different type of movement. Okay, so so you already have the MVP, you have the prototype. Uh, what's the next step right now for for Dorsum? Yeah, so our next step is then to launch and. Um, Talk about the problem. Yeah. Um, talk about the work we've done, but most importantly, uh, show what it is and what it does, and give a, give light and a voice to those that are working and suffering in pain in silence. A lot of the times, um, we just don't know that people are having to do an incredible amount of work when they're in pain. Mm -hmm. So it's it's launching. Our next step is to launch. Um, and take pre-orders so that we can go into manufacturing and meet our minimum quantity orders that the factories require us to build. Is this uh, available for anybody to buy or only specific groups of people can buy it? No, it's available for everyone. Uh, okay. that's, that's the benefit of designing something um, m very basic that anyone could wear at home, at work, in the office. Uh, so yes, this is available for anyone to buy. It's specifically designed for those that are doing constant repetitive motion of bending and twisting uh, or anyone that has back worry or back fatigue that is looking for additional support. And they'll be able to buy this where? Yeah, so I can announce today we have a launch date. Yes. Yes. So we have a launch date. Everything is coming along really well. We're, we're um, three weeks into filming our promotional video. And we're, we're on schedule, so we have a launch date of November 19th. Okay, it's um, coming up. Yes, so it's coming up days. very fast in 19 days. Uh, we're preparing everything for that campaign, and we're launching through crowdfunding through Kickstarter is the best platform for a product like ours. So we're launching on November 19th. Uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Okay. Um, to show what we've been working on, to show the problem that we're addressing, and the product itself but be able to take pre-orders for those that are interested um, and are looking for a back health solution. This would be one for them. That so is fantastic. pre-orders, how much? Um, I don't want to say the price exactly yet, okay. uh, but it's going to be underneath $200, but okay. it's going to be, um, we're still calculating the, the price and we're trying to bring it down as much as possible. Um, and the, the better way to describe it is you're, you're buying a package. So there's the hard component of the exospine and the way of wearing it. So the apparel, more like that harness application we described. So you, it's like getting two products in one to make it easy to customize mm -hmm. or easy to wash and clean. Um, then eventually you can have the ability to customize, customize it even further. Ooh, nice. But what yeah. I can say is, when we launch, we will be offering an early bird discount, between thirty to forty percent. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so this is the time to get it. Yes, there's an advantage the to, to get yeah. one now, um, because we wanna we wanna start providing the benefit as soon as possible to those that are in pain, to those that need it, 
in a way that can accommodate for everyone's needs. Wow. Is there a way that our listeners can sign up to be like informed? Like a pre-registration, or a, a, yeah? A, a, well, like a newsletter that will remind them, hey, a few days before Kickstarter launches, hey, we're launching the Kickstarter, and then the day that the Kickstarter launches, they get a notification in their email saying, this is the link, go place mm-hmm. your order. Do you have something like yeah, that? Yeah, so right now the best way to sign up is through our newsletter or contact form at dorsumtech.com. D-O-R-S-U-M-T-E-C-H.com. And follow our social media at the same handle, mm-hmm. at dorsumtech.com. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, and we're on Facebook. So now we're going to start um, sending more frequent updates, uh, start showing um, early photography of the product. Um, a few testimonials from those that have worn it, but more so that you can start seeing how it can help um, improve or maintain the back health in your life. That is fantastic. Hey, can, can we get a clap? This yes. is uh, the first male clap yes, because we the have the first, first announcement of a product launch here. So yeah, that is th- that's I know, I'm exciting. so excited. So, and that, that, that was leading to my next question. That was, uh, how are you guys funding the growth? I mean, because so far you've been funding it uh, privately. You guys have been funding it through, you know, sweat and tears and blood and all that stuff. So uh, what was yeah. the next step? So not, not the, uh, Yeah, so what is the question? How have we been funding it? Yeah, and, and, and you, you answered the other one. Yeah. My, my next question, like, how are you guys going to fund the launch and all that through Kickstarter? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so those are tough questions. <laughs> <laughs> so those are difficult questions because it hasn't been uh, an easy journey. Mm-hmm. And for eight years, um, I had to fund it myself. Through a lot of personal savings, um, I've had to save uh, ahead of time to be able Mm -hmm. to order product and material to build and create. Um, We also did a round of close friends and family, um, and that got us through our our development, our prototyping and development to finish um, validating the concept, uh, the product and go into a light manufacturing on samples. Um, to be honest, it's, we've had to also open uh, company credit cards yep. um, to be able to do the, um, the, the video, to be able to buy additional material, uh, to be able to work with vendors. So it's been a mix in a combination of many sources of funding. Yeah, but it's self-funded, basically. I mean, it, credit yeah. Card, yeah, it's self. I mean, you, you're responsible for that money. Yeah, it's self-funded, um, but we have a plan to eventually pay that debt off. So there's been a, a, a bit of savings and debt mm-hmm. that we had to acquire um, in, in able to finish our development. And have you guys thought about raising capital? Or have you tried to do it? Or? Yeah, so... I've been trying to raise capital and learning all the challenges behind it. And for the last two years here in in the startup community, really understanding how to pitch, how to talk to investors. And to be honest, it's been very tough for a Mm -hmm. a product like ours. Why why do you think is that? Uh, I think there's many factors. Um, It's hard to pinpoint one of them. But what I've been told from investors that we talk to is because our product is a physical device, Mm One is um, they don't have the expertise to guide us through the manufacturing or development, but most importantly, because it requires upfront capital. So we have to buy resources to make it and finish the development. Um, And for them, it's a process that they're not too familiar with. Okay. So I'm sorry to oversimplify this, but it's (laughs) mostly their lack of knowledge yes so you pitch maybe, here it's not yeah. a problem with your product it's a no. problem with you not having the right exposure to investors who are familiar with this space that would be able to help you yeah. and make you grow this mm-hmm. into uh, and scale it out it's not because your product is not good enough or because you didn't pitch properly it's because you haven't unfortunately been able to find the right investors to help you out that, yeah it's it reminds me a lot of when i watch shark tank and then mm-hmm. somebody like i love mark cuban and he will say look i really really love what you just said but it's not for my, example yeah. when it's a food thing um i don't know if a lot of you watch shark tank but this guy apparently mm-hmm. doesn't eat very healthy foods and he just survives on mm-hmm. hot dogs and macaroni and cheese is that so a president he, no? <laughs> no mark cuban um 
And he says, look, I really like your product, but I'm not going to be able to invest in you because I cannot guide you in this industry. Mm-hmm. I have no knowledge of food or gourmet yeah. food or anything <laughs> like that. I'm not the right partner for you. And I feel like you're telling me the same. Yeah. Just in a different scenario instead of food in in this. Yeah. So you've been pitching to the wrong choir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You described it well. It's mm-hmm. those that have the money are not doing the heavy lifting and are not in physical pain themselves. Right. So I, we we here, before Sylvia came on board, we interviewed Nora Mai Cadena from uh, Made in L.A. I don't know if I mentioned this to you. Mm. So she's a, a VC from uh, L.A. She actually flew here on her own dime. I mean, it was wow. amazing. She And she's an amazing woman. Uh Amazing with with capital A and actually all capital letters. She is a triple uh, MIT degree holder. So she has her undergrad, her MBA, PhD. uh, Worked for Boeing designing rockets and shit Mm -hmm. like that. You know, light stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now she is a VC and uh, she's the founder of Made in L.A. Or Make in L.A., I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. Mm -hmm. Make in L.A., which is an, an accelerator for hardware specifically. She only focuses on hardware. So I'm going to make that intro. Uh, again, she was here at the Startup Weekend last year. Again, she flew on her own dime to help wow. us at the Startup Weekend Latino. Uh, she was a mentor, uh, you know, the opening remarks. And, uh, you know, obviously very involved in the community uh, to, to take her time and money, you know, to fly to, to Portland to meet this, you know, two wackos talking about startups and mm-hmm. you know, creating events. So I'll, I'll make that intro because we want to see people like her and people like Leo make this happening. Um, and, and even if she, the advantage of an introduction like that is that even mm-hmm. if she doesn't, or she's not able to help Leo out, she probably knows someone, somebody yeah. who can. And, and she expands. Work, yeah. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. You both described it really well. And that's why this launch is so meaningful for us, because it's going to allow us to get out of Portland. Yeah. Because physically we can't because it costs money. But if we can launch through an online campaign, then we can have those conversations with people outside of Portland because it's really Portland is really slowing us down. There's manufacturing resources. Mm -hmm. There's expertise on fabrics and building, but it's very cost intensive. Yeah. And the ones that have been the most help and supporters have been um, those that we have interviewed, those that have signed up that want the product. Um, because they can't wait, and they're saying, how can I help you get this to market? This out, yeah. And that's what's been slowing us down and it's taken us so long because we've been manufacturing, creating prototypes one at a time, uh, and then testing with individuals, and so our testing process has taken longer. And we've had to share one prototype at a time because we need to still make changes. And until now that we finished it, now we can accelerate the development and order multiple sets to start handing them out to get more users wearing it, but also to have bigger conversations with those that have the financial resources to really give us a bigger push. Okay, no, I, I'll make that commitment. So, so just, Leo, just got to remind me uh, because I can make that intro. And she's phenomenal. I met with her in LA. Uh, she's very passionate about startups. Um, extremely, oh, absolutely. extremely competent. Thank you obviously. so much. Because for us, yeah. it's a no-brainer. Like the future of health and medicine yeah. is personalized health and personalized care yeah. and, and prevention. Prevention. Yeah, that's something that's, that's going to speak to her because she comes from a very similar background that you do. Her parents also, uh, actually, not her, only her parents. She also grew up, uh, you know, work in the fields and, and the valley. Uh, not, not the valley here, the valley down there. Yeah, San um, Fernando, I believe it is. Um, but again, she now her mission is this, and again, you don't have to be in LA because mm-hmm. they fund companies uh, not only in the states; they, they fund companies, I, I believe, in like Pakistan. So as long as you have a compelling story, product, I mean, you, you do have to come up with, you know, a real viable business, and you know, you, you can become part of that program. Yeah. So that's our next step: is then to okay. launch, create that uh, business, and then and then be able to really get. Outside of Portland to get the financial support to give it a bigger push. Now, Sylvia, I, I I don't know if you heard, but you know, well, Leo wants to do the Kickstarter, and I know, you know, we've heard this con- legal conversations. Of course, you know, we, I wish we, we could have an attorney here, but that's a conversation. Hopefully, you already had with your mm-hmm. legal counsel that raising capital your first round through Kickstarter that can be detrimental to you know for I like, can spook investors because all of a sudden you have. 
hundreds or potentially thousands of little investors and on a cap table that doesn't look very appetizing for a real investor that wants to you know plunge a couple hundred thousand dollars so have you have you had those talks yeah so we've had those talks um we've done a lot of research around it too okay and it's it's what sylvia had mentioned is just finding the right investors that understand and then believe in what you're doing and will help you manage or miti- mitigate those yeah. challenges because there's some investors that have also talked to us and they're like no we like kickstarter oh, okay, projects good. we like we've we've uh, invested in companies who have launched through kickstarter that actually gives us more confidence and it yeah. gives us more of um what do you call it it gives us more um it, it more awareness that, that there is demand for the that product. yeah it's like you're able to show validation. demand Market validation, it gives us more awareness of who your customers are. So some of them have actually encouraged us to launch oh, via good. Kickstarter right. um, because for them it feels more comfortable. Okay. Yeah, once, once you establish yeah. you know, it, certain client, yeah. And I think it's, it's helping the right partners and the right connectors, supporters that are going to help you navigate through those challenges and are willing to share a little bit of that risk mm-hmm. so that you can launch successfully. Okay. So November 19th, the Kickstarter 19th, campaign. Do yeah. you already have the link, or are you going to have them on your website, social media? Yeah, so... So we can share them. Yeah, so all of that is coming. All that is coming very soon. Um, we're going to be sharing it um, as soon as this weekend. We're updating everything right now, and we're going to start creating more frequent um, announcements, updates. Okay. So follow Leo at dorsumtech.com, all his social handles at on Instagram, Twitter... Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Facebook, Facebook. People mm-hmm. still go into Facebook, I guess. MySpace, uh, Dorsum Tech, <laughs> Friendster. Friendster. Oh Lord! Hi, high five! High five! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's our age. Yeah, yeah. we revealed our age with that comment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, well, Leo, so, so what else is coming up soon? I mean, because we ha- we have about five minutes, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, what's coming up soon? Uh, it's a lot. That's it's a-, a lot of uh, wrapping up product mm-hmm. development. Telling um, the story of the product, our users, um, creating more content. Some of the behind the scenes that we've been we've been uh, prototyping and working, and we want to also give back to other founders. A lot of the a lot of the question that I had before choosing to go this path is how do you create a Kickstarter video? How do you create a Kickstarter campaign? Where do you even start? Is Kickstarter mm-hmm. the right approach for me? So we're also we're also giving back to the founder community by showing more the development process we take in. Some of that testing that Sylvia described. How do you test a product and how do you validate the decisions you're making uh, to be able to launch in the best way possible for you and your team? Uh, so to for the rest of the year, it's a lot of giving those updates and communication, but also... Um, being more connected with the startup community, being more connected to our, our future customers, and really understand how do you translate all this information we received in a way that makes sense to those that are first seeing it. Okay. All right. And, and you know, we, we got an event coming up soon, the Startup Weekend, which I hope you guys, you know, come and help. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of... November 15th? November 14th, 15th. 14th. Yeah, the whole weekend. I was actually, before coming in on a conference call with the, the nice, you know, our, our funders, Techstars, Google mm-hmm. for Entrepreneurs and K4 Capital. Shout out to them. Thank you so much for the work you do with, the, with our community. And, you know, hopefully, you know, that could be also a launching pad for you, Leo, because those yeah. are the kind of companies that want to hear what underrepresented founders are doing and the amazing work that you're doing. And how can they help? Absolutely. And I don't have a set date yet, but that is something we want to include in our launch. An actual event where we can Mm -hmm. show and demonstrate the prototypes that we built and actually educate young viewers that are interested in their own entrepreneurship journeys. How do you take an idea and develop it and create it in a way that you can test it and Mm -hmm. improve upon it? We do want to have some type of physical launch event where we can demonstrate the journey we've taken through the various prototypes we built. And uh, we're hoping to do that after we launch on mm-hmm. online a few weeks after that, have a way where we can invite others to come, we get to see each other, and we get to talk about the prototype journey that we've taken leading up to a final solution. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think uh-huh. it's a beautiful story. From, it is. Yeah. That yeah. still hasn't ended. It's no, still no, no, going. No, no, that's beginning. But also, yeah. it's something that we see here again and again and again that 
founders cannot be married to their original idea of the product. Mm -hmm. They have to be willing to listen to feedback mm -hmm. from different people. We know that all the feedback is not always the best, but you have to be open to listening mm -hmm. and making adjustments. And this clearly is one of those scenarios where just this year he's redesigned his product three times. Yeah, yeah, so we'll we'll show why and how, and then also we're also using it an opportunity to go into manufacturing and continue telling that story. Okay, once to educate even investors themselves, the ones that don't understand manufacturing, is to be able to show this is why it costs money to make things. This is why it takes longer because you need things made to be able to put on people or have people Absolutely. use them to yeah. be able to get feedback to make decisions. This is why things take longer. Um, to, to be able to educate, you know, young viewers that are interested or students that are interested in entrepreneurship, but also investors that are new to investing mm -hmm. that might not be able to guide you, yeah. is to be able to show them more what the manufacturing process of a product is and looks like. Okay. That's super interesting. So, Leo, November 19, we're going to be pending, uh, you know, for the, for the launch so we can amplify it, blast it out. Uh, what else can we do? Yeah. For now, um, that would be huge help. If you can help uh, get the word out, get people to come to our, our website, sign up to the campaign once it's live. And anyone that is experiencing back pain or needs a health, back health-related solution, let them know about us. We're trying to reach as many people because we know there's a lot that are in silence just working and dealing with back yeah. pain. Just let them know about us is the best thing you can do. That, that we will. That we will. And and I promise, you know, we'll, we'll make that intro because now, now I have another VC investor. So I, I, I got a couple of people for you to, that you need to talk to. Um, not, lo not, not here locally, unfortunately, for us. But, mm -hmm. you know, there are people that, I'm, that, that will get excited. So, well, uh, anything else, Sylvia? No, we I just shared dorsumtech.com. Yeah. Just memorize that word and follow it on all of your social media channels and sign up for Leo's newsletter yeah. so you can be reminded of the launch and get the link to the Kickstarter so he can give, you can give him his support. Uh, you can give him your support. <laughs> Excuse me. And be pending yes. on that um, launch because it's going to be awesome. I mean, he, Leo already has uh, a local celebrity here. And, you know, I, when I saw it on social media, I was like, Wow. It is amazing. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And I'm a designer, so you know... It's pretty th cool. Things are going to look good, and yeah. it's going to be a pretty awesome launch. All right. So I'm excited. Looking forward to it as well. well awesome. Thank you for coming back, Leo. Thank and we'll you. see you hopefully next year with, yes. more, with more updates. Absolutely. I'm very excited for that. Thank you so much for inviting me. Happy okay. Friday, Sylvia. Happy, Happy Friday. Happy First Friday of November. L let's do it. Happy Friday. Today's episode of the Latino Founder Hour is brought to you by Publicize a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. They offer comprehensive PR services, and Publicize becomes a member of your team and can promote multiple PR announcements monthly. Check them out at publicize.co and tell them Sylvia and Edgar sent you. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo. Sueña en grande y confía en el universo. De Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero. 